0: Welcome to the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and today it is our fourth episode of the week, which it means it's Thursday, and we will be talking about today, previewing um, who will, what will happen at the MLB trade deadline, also along with who is best suited to be called up first out of the draft class of the MLB, and um, more on the NFL news from today, and a look ahead into my AFC AFC predictions for next week um, and Friday's episode, starting in Friday's episode, and our final division to finish the NFC, we'll do the NFC North predictions uh, later on in the show. So I hope you all are ready for the beginning of the show. And the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor starts right now. To the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor, I'm your host, Wesley Youthon. And for our first segment to start, we will start today's show off by talking about what is expected to happen at the MLB trade deadline. Um, so to start, um, I feel like uh, we should definitely talk about the first player that I feel could be traded um, for a ve- very, very valuable piece to a team, but they may have to figure this out, okay, so, a trade that could happen, um, is for Trevor Story to be traded to a different team, um, and this just in, the, um, Rays are trying to get Nelson Cruz, um, and are set to acquire him, um, in the next 24 hours, so he should be on his way to Tampa Bay, um, which is a good thing for them, um, as a team, because Nelson Cruz is a great hitter, um, he's improved really, really well, and he will get, um, their bats going in Tampa Bay, and they will, um, be a very good, powerful hitting team offensively, um, and should be proven, to um, do a little bit better um, when hitting the ball. Of course, um, s- some games is slow from Wander, Joey Wendell, um, G-Man. Of course, these guys are very good defensively, but when it comes to hitting the ball, you have to have some power, and I feel like Nelson Cruz will make that happen for the Tampa Bay Rays, and it should, um, especially... This is a great pickup for Tampa Bay, especially a playoff team, um, looking for the AL East pennant. So, back to Trevor Story. Trevor Story could, um, possibly be traded, um, I feel like he should, he could be traded, um, for Boba Bichette, um, and the Toronto Blue Jays um I just don't see too much out of Obashet um really that I don't see that is great from him as a uh team player and a hitter and a all-around great fielder um and just what he brings to a team as a leader um in a sense, so if he's a leader, then we will be able to see a lot, um, and on the other side, Boba Chet um, would fit in Colorado, I feel, um, and it would make sense for this trade to happen, because Trevor Story would fit really well with the Toronto Blue Jays, um, organization, and shortstop would be one of their keys, um, to get and improve, um, with some better depth, um, and I feel like, uh, Trevor Story fits perfectly, um, in that, um, context as we get into MOB trade deadline things, um, and if I look at another player that could, um, potentially be traded, um, I feel like he could, um, be a guy where, um, you think about guys like, um, J.A. Hop or, um, J- uh, Montgomery, um, for the Yankees, um, a pitcher that doesn't have great stuff, but he's a good, decent, um, bullpen pitcher, or maybe, um, lower rotation starter, back half rotation starter, um, that's got some great, that's got some great stuff, um, and I feel like, um, guys that could do that is, um, Jordan Montgomery of the New York Yankees, and I feel like he should be traded, uh, from the Yankees, um, he's not really a valuable piece, and he doesn't fit, with what Aaron Boone wants to do, and they don't really have an ace right now other than Garrett Cole, so you kind of want to give him in a pick um, for some um, good value um, as an ace, and that's where I could see a trade for, ooh, I could see maybe a, um, trade, or I could see a, a team that really needs, um, that type, and I feel like, um, that's where you give up Jack Flaherty, um, on the Cardinals. I don't see Flaherty as the guy that will lead his team to victory, I feel like you just need, you don't really need pitching in St. Louis um, with as much talent as you have, Um, but losing Marcelo Zuna and then you get Nolan Arenado and you haven't done anything to prove that you are a top 10 team in Major League Baseball or not even top 20 at this point, Um, I don't see the Cardinals doing too much, really, at all, and they need to be able to um, draft really well in the next couple of drafts, and I feel like that's what they're trying to aim for here, is trying to find that um, now. But without it, it's hard for... um, But without doing that, um, it's hard for them to lose a guy like that. But I still think that Montgomery could give you a couple wins. Um and it'd give the Yankees some sort of second option when it comes to labeling it as an ace. Because if you think of ace, you think of guys that are top end. Um, Glasnow, DeGrom, Scherzer, uh, Cole Verlander, of course he didn't play this year. Um I would say Bueller now over Kershaw. Um but I mean you see what Eureus does with a interesting interesting part of um Major League Baseball is that everything could change, um, with a switch, um, for these trades, and I feel like this is a great trade, because if you get rid of a lot of your cap space on that one player, and you don't have to, um, consistently, um, pay that person, um, tons and tons and tons of money, and waste your money when you need to sign, um, good free agents to improve your defense and offense hitting and um instead of holding it for just one guy who really this year struggled to be an ace for um St. Louis and I don't feel like Flaherty really did that um and hasn't done that this year. Um I feel like it's a good time to trade him to New York, the Yankees really need that, and I feel like that click is going to happen in New York, and Montgomery to St. Louis would not be bad at all, because Montgomery um, will give you a back-end starter um, at the end of your rotation, maybe three or four um, positioning, and he's still got some great stuff. He's got um, A curveball he's got, his changeup, he's got his fastball, um, and I mean, you just have to. If he puts in work, he could do really, really good things with St. Louis, and I feel like this is not a bad trade, after what Flaherty has shown. Um, talking about this trade, kind of interests me here, um. I would say that I'd go ahead and take Tim Anderson off the White Sox here and trade him away because here is my here's my question. Tim Anderson is an injury prone um shortstop that has a high batting average, that has one of the highest batting average, really, to begin with. And, um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when it comes to those things. Excuse me for yawning. But, um, when you begin to think of him, um, I would say Tim Anderson really really would fit um, at shortstop in Baltimore because this infield depth that they have at positions has struggled, and Baltimore doesn't want to change that. Tim Anderson would be a great defensive shortstop for them, Um, and I feel like you don't even have to give up a player necessarily, um, for that, um, you don't have to get up, give up ha- Austin Hayes, Trey Mancini, Cedric Mullins, none of those guys, Alex Wood, John Means, you don't, you don't really have to do that in this situation, just picks, um, would be a good situation, maybe a first round and a second round pick for upcoming years in the NBA draft, uh, in the MLB draft, uh, 2022 and 2023, um, or maybe t- possibly 2024, uh, depending on the situation, but right here, Tim Anderson would really, really work, um, in Baltimore, uh, he's a great athletic shortstop, he'd fit in with, um, Baltimore, um, in their infield, um, really, really well, honestly, um, and, um, It's a very, very, very good um, trade to happen because Tim Anderson has struggled. Um, He's been injured multiple times, Um, so he may have injuries there, but, I mean, seriously worth a shot for him outside of Chicago. I don't feel like Chicago is the fit, um, especially because there's no connection really there at all that I see. Um, with the White Sox, that really has impressed me to say, oh, well, oh, wow, he should definitely not be traded from this organization. And it's not a bad thing for the White Sox either. Um, Get a couple first-round picks, and they're looking to contend for a playoff spot this year, and they probably will get it as they're up seven games. And that's all because of Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, um, and pitching, of course. And uh, definitely not, definitely not in a bad situation at all to get rid of Tim Anderson. So that will end our segment for the first segment of our show. We will be back with some more NFL news um, coming in about DeAndre Hopkins today, and a throwback Thursday, as we remember. Cam Chancellor, as it was three years from his retirement three weeks ago on July 1st, as he retired on July 1st, 2018, and what the impact of Cam Chancellor left on the NFL before retirement and his domination in the early 2010s, along with our NFL Predictions Coming up in segment three, as we will talk about the NFC North division, previewing how the Lions survive with new quarterback Jared Goff and new head coach, who claims he's going to bite people's kneecaps off, and how will they do without Kenny Galladay is a interesting question, along with the Packers without Aaron Rodgers for the possibly without Aaron Rodgers for the 2021 season, and can the Vikings with new and improved defense and back healthy Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, along with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, go ahead and take a big jump to first place in the NFC North division and the bears with new quarterback Justin Fe- rookie quarterback Justin Fields and what will happen with Andy Dalton and the stort- starting quarterback competition and all that and more later on in this show so we will be right back for segment number 2 right after this on the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and we will be right back after this break. Third segment of our show on the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and today we got some unfortunate news, uh, breaking news coming in from the NFL uh, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins of the Arizona Cardinals is considering retirement because of new COVID rules, in which, if you haven't heard, um, teams that will have COVID players that will get that have been exposed to the virus or are not fully vaccinated, the that team um, will forfeit games. Um, and the games will not be rescheduled as last year's games were um and I definitely definitely agree um disagree with this call uh by Roger Goodell. I don't understand why you can't reschedule it um I mean, you added an extra game and took away preseason. Why couldn't you just reschedule games um because it really wouldn't change anything as long as you play uh 18 weeks in 17 games in a season and then you, and then you end up adding a third team to the to the wild card too. So I don't I don't understand a third game to the wild card. I mean it really is confusing to me to really just see you just do this. Um but okay, so I feel like um What needs to be said is Roger Goodell made a horrible mistake here with this call because it just doesn't make much sense to have um, really good certainty on what's going to happen. You could work hard on getting everyone fully vaccinated um, to its full potential um, before the NFL season starts. Um, In September, you have plenty of time. I feel and you just really shouldn't be doing too much with that. Um I don't see too much on why you wouldn't, but um, not a bad idea from um DeAndre Hopkins as he has reached the he's an elite wide receiver and he still can play maybe a four or five years four or five more years. Um, But he's kind of reached the point of Julio, um, and they're both great wide receivers. It just may be time soon um, to end a career um, that you are in, and it's not a bad decision um, whether he does retire or not. And, um, considering retirement is a hard thing for NFL fans, of course, Cardinals fans right now, um, and people that, um, like DeAndre Hopkins, um, and Clemson fans, of course, because that's where he is from. Um, but as a football fan and as an NFL fan, I would say that, um, he has really, really changed the game of, of football for physical wide receivers, uh, with speed, um, definitely, uh, traits of Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, um, and Julio Jones, and also guys DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, um, that guys that are really, really, really big guys that are physical, and they have really sharp route trees and route running um, with great hands um, and speed to top all of that. So um, that fits really well with um, what um, I would say about DeAndre Hopkins, and I feel like he is a Hall of Fame caliber player um, if he plays another four or five years. Um, But right now, I don't see a Hall of Fame jacket first ballot, um, maybe four or five or six years down the road, if he would retire right now, um, that's the interesting part about it, is, it's difficult for me to debate that, because, um, I mean, Chad Johnson's not even in there, um, but they're considering Julian Edelman, I don't know anymore, um, but, um, whatever happens with him, uh, best of luck to him. If he does retire, uh, great to see him back if he stays with the Cardinals. I would love for him to play another four to five years. Um, but now we're going to transition into the next topic in this segment. Um, we're going to go ahead and talk about our throwback Thursday um, that will start in every single Thursday podcast episode where we'll talk about one player and remember his, uh, legacy, um, whether retired or, um, a passing of a player or a, just a legacy remembered. And to start, uh, the first player that I'm going to talk about is Cam Chancellor. Um, we all remember this man who started, um, at strong safety for, well, strong safety and free safety, but was a safety for the um, Seattle Seahawks in the early 2010s, um, got, got drafted, I think it was 2011 or 10, um, and he retired pretty early, but he still played great um, throughout his career. Um, he had some great big hits on guys like Vernon Davis, um, Antonio Gates, um, and it really just, um, gives you a look at, um, how great he was, um, in the NFL. Of course, um, a huge neck injury in 2017, um, definitely messed him up and his head and um it really it really is a hard thing for football fans to look at um after his retirement announcement in 2018 um to say that you can't that he can't just like walk away from football um but it's hard to think of a guy that could hit that hard and could play and could just react and could see the quarterback and could force a fumble and could hit you that hard at such a young age, um, and he was, like, 25, 26, 27, and he was still hitting people, like, lights out, and he's only 33 now, so... We will never see Cam Chancellor step foot on a football field again because of his neck injury in 2017. Um, it's going to be hard to come, fr- come back from that. Um, just like if you blow your knee out, um, it's hard to ever, ever come back from something like that. Um, but it shows that you can um, be one of the best icons and leave a legacy on the field. Um, and people remember you on the turf because of the statement you put on in the NFL. Um, Cam Chancellor should be a Hall of Famer. I feel like he doesn't have... I feel like if you think about Hall of Famers, he's one of the hardest-hitting defensive backs I've ever seen um, in early 2010s. Of course, that's what um, I grew up watching football, um, and early on, I saw what Cam Chancellor could do, um, especially in 2012, 2013, 2014, um, and 2011, so when you see that, you just, you just see that yourself, it's just crazy to think about how um, somebody changes the game, and the way that he did it was amazing, Um. and the reason is, is people believed that, okay, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, those were the guys that were like the primary person, the primary people in that whole um, Legion of Boom, but then you look at what Cam Chancellor could do on the football field and you're like, wow. Just look up any any highlight reel of Cam Chancellor um, and he would crack your bones. It was like a chiropractor just coming full speed at you and using his helmet into your guts. But I'm telling you this guy was insanely, insanely good, and the way that he leaves, um, a footprint and a mark just through the whole entire NFL, not just Seahawks, um, organization, was a great thing to see for football, um, and we want to see more of it, um, now, but we don't have that much aggressiveness as we used to, um... Earlier on in uh, the twenty, in the two thousands and two thousand tens. So that will end our segment, and that is all for Throwback Thursday, the first edition. Uh, Cam Chancellor is who we talked about there, um, and we will be back with segment number. Three because we are going to be talking about our the NFC North and my predictions for the year. I'm talking about uh, how the Packers will do with with possibly without um, Aaron Rodgers this season and a um great uh wow we just got a great um just got a horrible news but I will share it uh tomorrow and we will talk about um the Lions with new quarterback Jared Goff and uh biting off your kneecap um head coach and we will talk about The Chicago Bears with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton quarterback competition in Chi-Town. What will happen with Matt Nagy's decision? Will he change it before week one? We will see along with the Vikings with Kirk Cousins and newly Patrick Peterson and a strong defense headed for the NFC North title in 2021. We will be right back on the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and we will be back for segment number three to preview the NFC North Division for 2021 and so on. We'll be right back after this break. Back to the Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and... This is our final segment of the show. I usually have five segments, but I have four segments today. as This is going to be the biggest and longest segment of our show today. Tomorrow I'll be back to five segments. Um, and to begin our final segment, um, the... Uh, okay, the NFC North predictions, um, to begin, I'm just gonna say this, um, okay, considering the circumstances given, Aaron Rodgers there, Aaron Aaron Rodgers not there, Packers are not winning their division this year, and I'm convinced of that because this is not this is not going to be their division. Um, and I see it as Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. I I honestly there's no doubt in my mind that he wants to be traded and there's no way that he's going to stick around with no off well, no offensive line, no help to throw the ball to other than Devontae Adams and Robert Tanyan. And I mean seriously the I mean seriously, dude. He wants to be in championship contention, and Denver's definitely not going to do it for him. But I mean, hey, it may put them in in a good spot because they have Courtland Sutton, um, Noah Fant uh, guys that can, that can you that he can utilize. But also, I could see him coming back to the Packers. Um, but he's still just mm. and. There's a team that intrigues me in that division other than the Packers, and that's the Vikings. I think the Vikings will be number one in their division. They will win the division. Um, not gonna be, not gonna be super, super, um, detailed into this. Um, I see 11 and 6 out of them with the Packers finishing 10 and 7. Um, uh, it's just bad. It's bad. So, um, the Vikings, so they went seven and nine last year and our defense had more holes than I've, they had literally bullets, bullet holes in the side of their stadium because they had, their defense was literally in a shootout. With teams last year, and they couldn't even beat the they couldn't even beat the Falcons. Out of all teams, the so Falcons. And the Falcons were literally trying to find a new head coach. They didn't even they didn't even have uh, Dan Quinn at that point. But other than that, um, seven and nine is not bad for a team that has super big holes in it. Um, because, uh, this is a tough one for me. To speak on Kirk Cousins throws for four thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, less than ten interceptions. I'm good with that, um, including another two two thousand yards from Dalvin um, Cook, and then you got Adam Thielen, uh, Justin Jefferson. No Kyle Rudolph, but Herb Smith can get can catch the ball and he's a good route runner at tight end. Um, you may need you may lose um, Mr. Uh, always reliable, um, Kyle Rudolph, but you still have Justin Jefferson, you still have Adam Thielen, um, you've improved your offensive line way better than last year and the year before, so you're looking pretty good right now, um, if you're the Vikings, uh, defensively you got Pat P, um, you got back Daniel Hunter, um, Anthony Barr's back, Eric Kendricks, um, uh secondary wise, um Trey Wayne's, no Xavier Rhodes, Pat P, um Harrison Smith is back. I'm confident in this team, eleven and six. I'm no doubt about it. When people told me that the Broncos were going eleven and six, I was literally about to cry. It was so funny. It was literally hilarious. But other than that, you'll get to see that when I go to the AFC West um, to begin uh, on Friday. So, you'll get to see that tomorrow in my reaction to that. uh, And we'll see where my favorite quarterback lands, Derek Carr, um, in his division. But that's tomorrow's uh, episode on Sports Insight Podcast. So... Um, back to this. 11-6 and six of the Vikings is a strong statement for me. Mike Zimmer's a great coach. Defense has improved a lot. You got Pat P. Um, you got Danelle Hunter. You got Harrison Smith. You got, um, you got Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr. Um, and you still have Wanam, who can definitely rush the quarterback, as we saw in his rookie season, as he had a couple of sacks. Um, and... This team can play really well. Um, of course, Chad Beebe, uh, um, the guy that muffed the punt but against the Panthers, um, he's back. Um, pretty fast slot wide receiver, I would say. Um, if they could pick up David, David Moore or Darnell Mooney or someone like that, um, they could be in a good um, position to do something really, really well uh with wide receivers and add to a depth um wide receiving core of course and that would never hurt um and tight end uh, I think Herb Smith is good for now next team in this division the team that probably may have Aaron Rodgers may not have Aaron Rodgers 10 and 6 the Packers will not fall off bad at all they are definitely going to win especially 10 games with four wins, of course, with the Bears and the and the um Lions, who are literally going to go 0-17. I don't know how they don't go 0-17, but seriously, I think 10-6 and 6 is good uh, for them. I feel like Aaron Rodgers would not be a downgrade. I mean, it would be a big step back, and Jordan Love may... Be the next Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre because we've seen that with the last two quarterbacks in the last 30 years is because Brett Favre played for like 20 years um, at and Aaron Rodgers didn't start till his third season. But I could see Aaron Rodgers coming back and it's most likely going to happen um, apparently because now he is working out um, and prepare, preparing for the season, which means he's most likely supposed to be back. But if he's not, then that's an, that's a big downgrade if not. But I feel like other defense can hold it together. Um, they, if they may pick up a new quarterback, um, I could see maybe Tyrod uh, coming from Houston um, to the Packers. That would be a good one uh, to pick up. Um, pretty good runner, pretty good passer. Um, hasn't really seen the field in a couple of years, so he should be – I'm ready to go, but he is the starter in Houston, so that may, uh, change the complexion of things on that trade. But um, I could see um a trade, instead of having Jordan Love as starting quarterback, um, in Greenway in Green Bay, which is probably the most unlikely thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, but you have to get him some. Ha- All you had to do was draft a wide receiver. If you drafted Devonta Smith or somebody, if you drafted someone, then the Packers would be fine. So the Packers just need to tank, and they need to get a wide receiver in this upcoming draft. Next, um, third place, Chicago Bears. Uh, I, seriously, Chicago has a lot that I like. Um, Andy Dalton's not bad, he's he's a very... um, Good quarterback. Um, he'll give you a couple wins. I honestly, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to him. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say they're gonna be eight and nine on the year. Um, I think that they will definitely, definitely get two wins against um the Lions. Um, and they should be able to maybe get one on the Packers. Hopefully. Um, that is, um, they won't steal any from the Vikings, most likely won't steal any from the Packers, but really seeing their schedule, um, they could get wins, uh, fairly easily, but, um, it depends on how, uh, things go. See, of course, when I think of their schedule, um, and looking at it, um, now, uh, you definitely see something out of this team. So looking at the Bears uh schedule, um, they could definitely they could definitely win against the Bengals. Um they could definitely beat the Lions twice. They could definitely beat the Raiders. Um the Forty ers uh could be an interesting one. Would will be an interesting one. The Giants. Um so down the stretch they could have some pretty bright spots, um, they'll definitely, they'll definitely, um, get to a interesting place, and maybe even the Steelers, uh, surprisingly, um, if they can do something crazy like that, maybe even the Cardinals, we never know, um, because they beat the Buccaneers last year, maybe the Buccaneers, I don't know, um, I feel like the Bears are pretty strong coming into this new season, Um, They're not bad by any means. Um, Andy Dalton is not the best person to have in that situation, but he will definitely um, be a good veteran to teach Justin Fields, and Justin Fields needs a little bit of time to learn from a veteran um, himself. And Andy Dalton, who played great um, with the Bengals in Cincinnati, so that was an interesting one um, to see. But the Bears um, looking pretty promising for this next season. And the final team, I don't even have to say it, 0-17 for this Lions team. What in the world? Okay, Jared Goff, seriously. Jared Goff is not bad. He's not bad at all. He's a solid quarterback. Um, but what does he have around him? Other than Hawkinson and, like, mm. Other than Hawkinson and Swift, you have nobody around you. How are you gonna get the ball to Tyrell Williams and and Rashad Perriman on Patrick Peterson, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, um and like uh Eddie Jackson and um I mean blitzes from Khalil Mack, Kenny Clark. Well, he's in jail, but, um, so, a great, so, Daniil Hunter, I mean, seriously, DJ Wanham, um, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, he's gonna have a lot of pressure on him, and I don't, I don't see anything out of this team, like, for real, at all. It's bad. The Lions are literally going 0-17. I don't know what to say anymore. Other than that, I I don't know. Really, at this point. It's just an interesting one for me because it's just, uh, It's just, ugh, to think about. Their coach is a weirdo, okay? He's weird. He's a... Who talks about biting people's kneecaps off? Come on. I mean, this guy is a weirdo. I'm literally not surprised he gets fired within two weeks of having his job because he did something weird with one of his players. Um, But um, other than that, um, I feel like they go 0-17. I mean, Rashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams. I mean, seriously, what do you have on defense that is anything good? I don't see anybody other than, and I didn't even hear um, the corner from Ohio State's name one time, Jeffrey Okuda, at all. Um, Roster-wise, I don't see much at all. I mean, Jared Goff, you got Jamal Williams, I mean... You have Damian Ratley, Khalif Raymond, Tyrell Williams, Darren Fells, TJ Hawkinson. There's nothing here. You have Frank Ragnow, jo- Jonah Jackson, Taylor Decker, Kane Sewell. You have great protection, but like, what? Who are they going to throw to? Damian Ratley, Khalif Raymond, Rashad Perriman? Chad Hinson? Jeez, man. Quentin Cephas? Oh, my God. I haven't heard that name in ten years. Mm. This is not going to be good for them. I mean, they have Deshaun Han, Trey Flowers, Michael Brockers, Romeo Okora, um, Jamie Collins, Anthony Pitt- Pittman, Quentin Dunbar, Jeffrey Okuda, she's nobody at all, at least your kicker's pretty decent, Randy Bullock, um, okay, Jared Goff's not bad, Brashad Perriman is, mm, he's, uh. Jamal Williams, I'm sorry. Um, DeAndre Swift, I don't even know why you're even still alive after last season. Um, But this is just bad. This is bad. It's really, really, really bad. I'd say top players, Jeffrey Okuda, Jared Goff. DeAndre Swift, Frank Ragnall, that's, that's it right there. When your center is one of your top players, I am stunned that you are not even... At least you get to play other teams, though, in your division, and other teams around the league that you, you wish that you played for. Um, but you're stuck in Detroit. Um, Detroit's going to 0-17. I can't even see them winning one game. And I don't think that the Jets are going to be as bad as them. So, um, yeah, Owen 17, I don't see much changing. Uh, not surprised if it happens. But that will end our show for today's Sports Insight Podcast here on Anchor. I'm your host, Wesley Uthman, and I'll see you all tomorrow for Friday's episode. And make sure to sub to sports earth on youtube he is a great content creator that makes tons of videos on sports content every single day and has clemson channels um as a clemson fan and a and a gaming channel as well so i will link the main channel down below in the description of this podcast see you all tomorrow for Friday's episode as we will dive into the AFC West division and AFC West predictions uh, for tomorrow and latest news on the division series in the MLB along with um, new news that comes out tomorrow. Thank you all for listening here on Anchor and Spotify. I'm your host, Wesley Uthon, and I'll see you all tomorrow on the Sports Insight Podcast. Good night.